Flush the bombers, get the subs in launch mode. We are at DEFCON 1. DEFCON 1. Right here in Cincinnati. Welcome to glorious Cincinnati, Queen of Ohio's Alpine Ski Resorts. I come from C-I-N-C-I-N-N-A-T-I Cincinnati, the best town in Ohio, USA. At first they called it Cincy, but since Cincy is so natty, they named it Cincinnati, so they say. Hey, the girls are pretty, pretty in this gritty little city. Welcome to the Hunt for Ed's October podcast. I'm your host, Coop, and tonight we unfortunately have to talk about the Reds getting swept by the Atlanta Braves to end the 2020 season. Here's the thing. Polly is with us tonight. Polly, how are you doing? Here's the thing, Coop. I'm living a dream, but I'm not living the dream with the Reds right now. That was a big old that didn't make sense. stinker. It didn't make sense, but it... We got you. Yeah. <laughs> we also have we also have Branch on tonight. Branch, how you doing, buddy? Nice. Uh, trying to drink away my sorrows, man. <laughs> it's all about all because of the Reds. Yeah. My life's pretty. It's, my life's pretty good, but they like they kick me in the dick every year. <laughs> so <laughs> the Browns are playing playing pretty good so i became a packers fan this year no oh, well there okay, you go that, okay that's pretty i mean they're they're undefeated <laughs> too i think about the score another touchdown anyway yeah so yeah we're recording on monday night here um so the reds let me let me check my notes here and uh they uh they scored zero runs in their playoff series <laughs> against the atlanta braves <sighs> wow so they must have got shut out completely. No base hits, no nothing, right? Oh, no. They left, like, I, I want to say approximately 75 people on base. you got to be kidding me. I figured they'd been shut out, like two no-hitters. No. Unfortunately. With performances like that, I mean, you just can't. I mean, I, yeah, and I know. First <laughs> and third with no outs. Nothing. Uh, what, Bases loaded, there, one out. Do nothing. you have any comparable numbers, actually, like between the season, how many people were left on base? Because I feel like there was a lot of people left on base. Well, I think what what reared its ugly head in this series was not just the Reds' historically low batting average for a playoff team, but the batting average on balls in play again reared its ugly head from 2020. I just, I'm sorry. And some of and some of it is luck. I mean, for God's sakes. I mean, even I mean, we can sit and bitch about Tucker all day long, but even Tucker, like, what was that foul ball? It was like foul by like two feet. Yeah, and that would have won the first game, right? It, I mean, you know, that's probably a double if it was two feet the other direction. I, 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 God, I don't know. There was just so many weird, like, Freddie Galvis pinch hit in that first game, and just watches three strikes to end it, and I'm like, yeah, I mean. <laughs> Once you get to 0-2, you kind of have to protect the plate there, buddy. And that, that first game hurts so much worse than the than the second. I mean, the first game was just an emotional train wreck for me. I mean, I'm sure everybody was riding that roller coaster because it was just like, hold your breath, hold your breath. And uh, Trevor Bauer, in probably his last start as a Cincinnati Red, I hate to say it, uh, he pitched unbelievable. Unbelievable. And he was a he was a baseball god that night. Mm-hmm. That Lu- day, Luis Castillo pitched great the next day. Yeah, and the bullpen pitched great except for Iglesias in the second game in the ninth or the eighth. Yeah. I mean, and all of that gone to waste. 
Was it, there's a couple questionable manager calls in there. The double steal was uh-huh. dumb. Pitching to Freddie Freeman. That's unforgivable to me. When Pitching first base Freeman. is open. Uh, yeah, it's kind of like, don't let... If you can give that guy a base, just give him the damn base. He's going to win an NL MVP. Well, and he, to, to steal a line from Polly, here's the thing. You got the MVP, and then behind him, yes, Ozuna's behind him. And the argument was, well, you've got Garrett in there. Well, you didn't have to put Garrett in before you, before face, before facing Ozuna. You could have walked right. Freeman and then brought in another right-hander. Of course, a lot of the best right-handers had already been used up. I understand that, but at the same time, you don't pitch to Freddie Freeman. You just don't. Who, yeah, who'd they have available there? Antone. I think they had Antone, and then I think you know, like Bob Steve, and yeah, there. Bradley. Had, Bradley was one they, that they took out. He was the one who got the runner oh, on okay, base. Okay. Yeah. So I'm sorry, Paul. I uh, cut you off earlier. Go ahead. I don't. I am. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, question the double steal that uh, that lost me. I mean, I give it to David Bell for taking up for Aquino there because Aquino totally missed that damn call. Oh yeah. I mean, there's no other way to put it. He just did. <laughs> But here's the thing. You can't, you know, you can't, like, there's some things you can't blame David Bell on. You can't blame him on. And, but there's no excuse. The man's been in playoff games before. He should know how to, you know, like, just, like, there was no, like, I don't know. There's, there, there, he showed no, no experience. Oh, G Man Troy just went yakka against the Yankees to tie it up. Anyway, cool. Yankees and Rays are on right now. Well, actually, I mean, no, they took was, the lead. There was a point in that game where they were doing a, uh, what was it, a, a suicide squeeze or trying to put one on. And I was, I can't believe I'm going to say this on a podcast. I actually wasn't upset with that call. A suicide? They, 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 they failed at it, but I, I wasn't totally and completely upset with them trying it. I, I feel like it's a small ball. and You want to see that, but it's not the Reds' style, though, small. really. Well, two things. One, Paul, you're absolutely right. The red style is not small ball. It's the three true outcomes right now, the way the their lineup's sacked. But two, I, I'm I'm fine with small ball, but not gimmicks. And that's what the double steal was, was a gimmick play. Yeah. You know, you, I, I, yeah. honestly, you know, I'm not a fan of the bunt because I don't like giving away outs. But when in the game scoreless and you can, you know, maybe bunt a runner over and hope for a fly ball if you bunt them over to third or something, fine, I'm okay with that. That's trying to manufacture a run. But the the gimmicks, I can't do the double steal gimmick. And more than even that, I can't do pitching to Freddie Freeman. I mean, I know I've said on here before that I'm not a fan of David Bell, and he completely lost me with those two decisions. Yeah. Well, does, tell me if this one bothers you, because this this is what bothers me the most about his decisions. And I'm not calling for David Bell to be fired. I mean, hell, oh, he's not going to be fired. Jo- it, it's it's the player's job to get the damn job done, and and they just they fell oh, short. Absolutely, you know. Um, but he, this team, by this point in the season, we knew they lived and died on the long ball. And even midway through the season, we kind of knew that. And his desire to pinch run. For Jesse Winker, who's one of the reasons the team lives and dies off the long ball, mm-hmm. pisses me off because I'm like, we're in the seventh inning. Don't pinch run now. This guy's getting another at bat. And you're putting Jankowski on first with freaking two outs or whatever. The chances, the odds, if you're if you're actually playing the numbers there, there is very little chance of that run scoring. Whether that be Jesse Winker or Jankowski in, in that situation. So if you're going to pay attention to the numbers on your lineup every fucking day and not have Shogawakiyama leading off in game one because it's a lefty-lefty matchup, then you can't turn and go to, oh, I need a little speed here because Jesse Winker just walked. No, Jesse Winker's next at bat's more important than him possibly on some un weird thing not being able to score from first on a double. 
Yeah, because the Reds had, Jankowski can. The Reds know? had had so many extra base hits to that point. Yeah. Um, yeah. And what do you know? Jankowski had to bat in the in extra yeah. innings. Yeah, it's it, that, that, and he did that all season long with stuff like that, and it really, really frustrated me because I mean, a pinch run. I can't name off the top of my head one time the pinch runner worked. I mean, I can name a couple. I looked it up. There was quite a few times the pinch runner scored, but guess how they scored? Home run. Then the very next damn bat, bat, they were standing on second base. They didn't have to steal. They didn't have to do nothing. They walked on in on Blake because it was a home run. <laughs> I, you know, and and it's like, did you not see get that information or I don't know. Polly, your thoughts on that? It's here's the thing. It's a misread. It's it's not knowing your players. Maybe it's not trusting your players. It's uh, that the hitting coaches is terrible. You know, this there is no situational hitting. No one, no one. I feel like throwing up still because of even thinking about. What happened? My problem with Zenter, the hitting coach, is teams played at exaggerated shifts even for 2020 against the Reds. And there was no change to approach. You would have all four infielders on the right side. And what do you know? If it's a left if it's a left handed hitter, they're grinding out to second base. You've got I mean <laughs> I know it's easy for me to say, oh, why don't you hit the ball the other way? But pitchers are even pitching them outside, and they're still trying to hook it because they're trying to hit it out of the park. And that's fine and dandy. But sometimes, like you're saying, Paulie, the situation dictates you got to put the ball in play. You have to. And <laughs> I hate to say it, guys, but it might be a butt sometimes. But the Reds have – historically proven in the last 20 years they cannot bunt the ball at all there's been no one in this in, in the organization that can bunt so like why even why even there's they can't even play small ball without being able to bunt or like it's hit in a situation they've never been able to in the last I, I, the last 20 years in my opinion I mean I just <laughs> when you've got a runner on third with Nobody out. All you need is a fly ball to the outfield to score them. Uh-huh. Well, and you're, if you're swinging for the fences, you should be hitting fly balls. So what, what, are they guessing at the plate? Are they, are they not able to read, you know, the situation or the pitches? It makes me think. It uh, makes me think the, I'm sorry, Branch. Oh, go right ahead, Paul. Go right ahead, Paul. It makes me think the Reds don't approach the next game like they should i don't feel like they um did they even review video well i'm player you know i am I'm, I'm i'm like i'm now like think about it does this really fall in the organization and price or i mean i mean bell <laughs> and everyone or that's how frustrating i am that's not you know like that's how like he or does it the players? You know, like are I think, they not prepared? I think I think it's all the above because at some point these players have to pay attention to these scouting reports, don't they? Branch, tell me I'm yeah. wrong. No, they they absolutely do. And as as you said, if I'm a left handed batter, I'm spending an off season learning how to it doesn't even have to be a good bunt, it's just going to third base. Even just a butcher boy play down the third uh, baseline. I mean, yeah, down the third base. I'm learning how to turn that ball down that third baseline. And I mean, it doesn't even have to be good. Hell, I kind of want to get it by the pitcher. Yeah, you know, and and because you know, at least the next time you come up, they might be honest. You know, if you do it five or six times, but it just seems that people have decided, no, I've got to go up and over the entire shift. Which, if you get under it a little bit or get over it a little bit, it just doesn't happen. You know. Yeah, it, it was just. <laughs> If you if you do situational hitting, it makes your it makes better for situational hitting. Like you better yourself. You can then swing for defenses and hit a home run when it's needed, but not every single fucking time. Mm-hmm. I mean that that first game was just a microcosm 
of the Reds offense this this season of the th- three true outcomes they scored like I think 60 some percent of their runs in the regular season were via the home run something like that something outrageous yeah. like that and and nobody's you know I'm not saying you bunt every time you you have the chance no there's times that it's okay sure but more than anything it's okay I've got a runner on third base even a ground ball up the middle. If you're a major league ball player, you know how to put a ball into play. You know how to hit up the up the middle. You know how to hit it towards third base. You know how to do all of that. Well, and it's just not it's just not so, uh, slow pitch softball players on a Friday fucking night that knows how to do that. That's where for me it, it makes me wonder if everybody's paying attention to the scouting reports because. You should have in the scouting report. Okay, this pitcher is going to throw. These are the these are his pitches. This is where he likes to locate them in these situations. To me, it's just, it seems like they're up there guessing. That if they had scouted these pitchers, they know. Okay, when I when I have two strikes, he's gonna he's gonna throw the slider down and away, or he's gonna throw a changeup inside. So you sit on that, you know, knowing that that's probably in all probability what's coming instead they're sw- they're swinging like they're waiting for a ball on the tee right down the middle and it's like you have to think it is a thinking man's game <sighs> yeah. so i don't know what vado moose and well i know what suarez was thinking in that first standing on the first game but vado and moose that was not good no, no. Vado had a had a couple horrible at bats in the first. Yeah, game. yeah. So moose. So moose. Yep, moose they did, did too. All around. Yeah. That that one. I think it was was it with the bases loaded when he swung at three straight pitches. Mm-hmm. Oh, <sighs> and that's that's just. I was like, you know, he maybe want to foul one or two of these off. Off. <laughs> but. I, it, it it was very very frustrating. It's it's still frustrating. You hear it in all our voices. It's yeah. Just, I mean, because with the pitching staff, if they could get any offense at all in this five game NLDS, we're sitting here going, "Holy crap!" Bauer's going to pitch twice in five games. Well, and we're sitting yeah, talking. We, Paulie and I talked about the three headed monster last time, and we yeah. only got to see two of them, and they were monsters. Yeah. But yeah. doesn't matter when you don't score. You know, score and that's that. I think I think that second game was a hangover game for them. They they oh, they, yeah. they, they were near oh, yeah. headlights at that point. They're like they were so upset about what happened the day before. We got a tie game between the Yankees and Rays now. Another home run. Kyle Higash Higashioka. You guys be mad at me, but go Yankees. I'm I'm an old school guy, and I've always liked the Yankees. Go Yankees. Oh, that's kind well, of, that's kind of dirty. Fuck. That's kind of dirty. <laughs> Can I take can I take an illogical approach to I really don't give a damn which whichever one wins it, even though I do kinda of like to see the underdog do okay. But the Yankees not not being scared and needing to spend all their damn money makes it a little bit easier on the other teams. That's true. <laughs> so so if the Yankees <laughs> do go ahead and go on to the World Series, then they're gonna be like, We got a pretty damn good team. I think we'll stick here. If they get washed out by the Rays, they're gonna be like Okay, I want all the free agents right now. <laughs> you know, I, I've decided I'm rooting for the Padres because they're just a fun team. They're just fun. Yeah, I'm, root, I'm I'm rooting for them. I, yeah. I, I was a Padres fan for you know a couple of years. I'm still a Reds fan, but I lived walking distance from the Murph. So when I was in when I was out in San Diego, so you know, gonna go to games, of course. <laughs> yeah. No, they're just, they're just. I mean, they're just a fun team. They remind me of like the the 2010 Reds team the with clinchmas and all that, that was a fun team. And I don't know. They just, they, they, I mean, they score runs. That's a lot better than I can say about the Reds right now. God damn it. I know that now Dick Williams had an interview after, I think it was either the day after, or maybe two days after where he, uh, as, as the creeper, Chris Welch would say threw a little shade, at Paul Doherty because he called it an embarrassment of a season because of how it ended. Now, I fully admit that I wrote the Reds off for dead when they were like six games under 500 with 
True. With like Me fifteen too. to play, the Yankees lead now. Um, back to back homers. But anyway, um, I wrote them off for dead. They came back. They they went like eleven and four or something like that in their last fifteen. Made the playoffs. Everybody was excited. It sucks how it ended, but the whole I I can't call the season a disappointment. What what are your thoughts, Branch? Yeah, I I I, I can't call it a disappointment at all. I mean, last year they had a losing record. They had a winning record. This year they made the playoffs. Asterisk over playoffs because of the way the playoffs were this year. You know that is progress and. I feel bad for Dick at this point, for Dick Williams at this point, because he doesn't have enough data, him and Nick Crawl, to know if what they did worked. They have an mm-hmm. idea that maybe it did, but in 60 games, they just don't have enough data. Yeah. You know, because – and, and the, way, the way I thought about this is, okay, how would I feel about this Reds team if at the end of May, which would have been normally 60 games, they were a game over 500 – and had played as horribly as they uh, they had with that low Babbitt. If we were in that situation at the end of May with that what two twenty Babbitt, mm-hmm. we'd be going, "Oh my God!" Once things start leveling out here, this offense is going to really rock and roll. And I think that's the situation that Dick Williams and Nick Crawl are going to find themselves in. Is like, how much of it was luck over a sixty game season? Because that that magnifies everything because it was just sixty games. Probably. Um, it's here's the thing. It's I agree with you, Branch. They did not have enough data. They don't. Uh, I, I feel bad for Dick Williams. I just their experiment is still an experiment almost in a way. It's just it, yeah. There's, there's short there's sample, so much small to be sample told. size. There's so much to be told still. And there can be, there's a lot of improvements still to be there. I mean, obviously the bullpen, obviously bench players. I mean, good ones, good, but I mean, like you need, you need a back, a backup shortstop from there. I mean, like caught a former, yeah, but didn't really do anything this year to like really like maybe that like short extent of he like he, when he started and there's like. Maybe a series, and he was like, "Oh wow, Kyle Farmer, he did great." But you know, Paulie, you're never lonely at KyleFarmersOnly.com. <laughs> that is true. That is very true. So why don't we move on to prognosticating the off season here? The biggest thing, well, to me, there's there's two, th- three things that need to be addressed. Number one, I hate to say it, but Trevor Bauer's not coming back here. I would love for them to make an effort, and I think they'll make an effort. But I just don't see it. Branch, Bauer, back, gone. Oh, he's gone. Yeah. Polly, back, gone. He's gone, but I could see him coming back for money if they offer him a good one-year deal and then they like roll the dice with him. The next one would be, I think it's I think it's time for Tyler Stevenson to be the everyday or most everyday catcher, and that would mean moving Tucker Barnhart. I think he's got enough value that you could move him, that mm-hmm. that somebody will take him, and he still plays pretty good defense, obviously. But I think you need that bat in the lineup of Tyler Stevenson. I think he's Mr. ready. Insignificant himself. <laughs> I think he's. I think he's ready. What do you all think, uh, Paul? You go first on this one. Here's the thing. He's he's insignificant. Yeah, he won a gold glove, but I really think that winning that gold glove was on a on a, on a fluke season because he has some good plays. He, he has never hit anything. He's never hit situational. I feel like if you're a catcher, you need you need to be able to hit situational batting if it, if he can't i don't know like you, then you need to hit the home run ball he's he's like always done both but not at the right times it's right. always been like oh wow barnhart's like produced but not when we needed it at all 
Well, and I think he'll make four million next year. So if you can, you know, maybe you might take less for him if somebody takes on that salary, and that's one way to reduce payroll. Branch, your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's a no-brainer. Tucker's about ready to get traded, and he's probably going to win another Gold Glove for this season. Uh, I believe we'll be all be pretty shocked by what the return for Tucker is. I ain't going to say it's going to be somebody's like you know somebody some some org's top ten you know pitcher in their system. It's it's going to be somebody farther down, but it's liable to be somebody really good. And yeah, I, I mean he's got value. I think I think we're all going to be completely shocked by it um, because there are going to be a lot of GMs that look at the success of the starting staff, and they're going to put a lot of that on Tucker. You know, and and we don't we are not inside the game. We don't know how much that plays into it. I think that's uh that's why Stevenson didn't get more playing times. I think Bale was so scared of dicking with the pitchers. Uh, Probably, you know, and and makes sense. I, I honestly believe that because I think if we again if we had a 162 game season, I think by end of August September we're seeing Stevenson almost every day at that point. I would hope so. You know. And and um, you know I think Stevenson's penciled in right now for their everyday starter. They're gonna they're gonna get what they can get out of Tucker. Yeah, and I think especially I think for him to have a full season at, at, at a minor league system too, like whether yeah. that was a AAA or or double A too. You know, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, and I think it, that yeah, I, agree, I think I agree with your side. I think Kirk Caselli is good enough for another year or two as your number two catcher. Uh, oh, I yeah. think we got him for two more years. And yeah, like low arb. Yeah, so, yeah. so I'm, I'm I would be good with him with Stevenson, and then we get to shortstop. Jose Garcia, I think, was hurt by not there not being a minor league season. That whatever they were doing at Prasco Park, I'm sure, was as close as they could possibly get to real games. But it showed when he called up when he was called up that he just wasn't ready with the bat. Now I'm obviously not giving up on him because his his sample size was even smaller than everybody else's because he didn't get called up till about halfway through the season. So obviously not giving up on Jose Garcia. Freddie Galvis will be gone. That's five million off the books. My pie in the sky. Here's hoping is a trade for Francis Colindor, but that's probably not going to happen. <sighs> Branch, how do you address shortstop? Okay, uh, first of all, uh, of what happened with Garcia, they brought him up and said he was going to start playing every day before the Reds went on that run. I don't think they thought they were going to go on that run. Mm-hmm. And they thought, okay, it's time to start playing for next season. Let's get him a bunch of bats. Then they rattled off, you know, six out of seven. And then it was like, then everybody went, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> uh, we're back in this thing all of a sudden. And they and that's when he, his playing time started started falling off. Um, I I would like to see Lindor for one year. I think they can possibly make it happen. If Cleveland would take Sinzel, I'd be okay with it. I'm not ready to give up Winker for him. Uh, not that I don't think Sinzel's gonna could be a great player. It's just, and we are a couple years into this, and we just haven't got. It's always something. And uh, you know, I I, I think that it, and Thank Cleveland you. want Cleveland wants a they they need an outfielder. We can give them a good one. Uh, this year, Lindor wasn't even the best hitter on that team. I mean, he was like third or fourth, mm-hmm. um, and didn't produce all that well. So you know, plus he he does you know he gets paid a little bit. So if we take on if we give him Senzel and something else, it is not going to be anything like Hunter Green or nothing like that. Yeah, no, they can get the hell on with that. No, then, if it's then, for one year, then, then I'd be fine. With, I'd be honestly, I'd be fine with giving them Sinzel and India, but I'm probably the lowest person in the world on India. Um, well, I so, think a lot of other teams are low on him because the Reds tried to offer him to the the Marlins for JT Real Muto, and the Marlins basically said no. Did you look at his numbers in the minors last year, 2019? They were freaking horrible. Yeah. You know, and, that's and Garcia does need time to see big league pitching mm-hmm. or and to yes. go through the steps. I mean, he just does. You at can't least, at least triple A pitching for a year. This is why you don't see guys go from high A to the majors very often, because yep. if they do, they're Fernando Texas Jr. Or Albert. Yeah. And we know he's not. <laughs> yeah. And we know he's not that. You right. Know? <laughs> yeah. So. 
Polly, your thoughts on shortstop? Um, to me, it's the eye, I guess. Here's the thing. It's, um, Garcia is the, is the future, whether it is with his glove or bat. And his bat is there, but he needs to see some pitching that is better than single A. Um, definitely yeah. not. Uh, um, I know you guys want Lindor, but I don't want to give up a lot for Lindor for a year. I, I we've already learned our lesson on that. I think, you know, with this with this window, so to speak. Everyone, you know, we've we've talked about this window, and the web the window is open right now. Yeah, absolutely, the window is open, and it's now it's. Someone's putting a little pressure on. Uh, there's some cold air blowing in. It's, it's time to start closing that window. Got to close that and window. I don't, I don't, yeah. Got to winterize. No. <laughs> no, to me, to me, the equation with Lindor changes if you're able to do what you did with Sonny Gray and negotiate a long-term extension. If you can do that, then you're more willing to give up, you know, a lot more for him because you're – not just getting one year of him for one year. I mean, I would probably go as high as, you know, India and Garcia. I would do that. Okay. That might not get it done, but that's, uh, that's something I would be willing to do. Uh, I'd be willing to do it. I'd be willing to do it. I'd probably be willing to do Senzel and then a very lower ranked minor leaguer. I mean, I would do Senzel in India. Any day, straight up. Yeah, I mean, but if you can, if you can do it, if you're able to, that's two two first rounds. That's easy to sell. Yeah, if you can, two first round draft picks. If you can negotiate, go ahead, Paulie. No, go ahead. No, you go. Can you promise that? Like, you know, you, you know, that's the thing with baseball is you can't like put that in the contract. Let's say, okay, we're going to trade two of our first rounders. And we want to have at least the ability to, like, at least make an offer to you. You know, baseball is not like that. You know, like, it's, I I don't know. It's To me, if if you can do like you did with the Yankees and Sonny Gray, where they signed him to a three-year, $30 million contract contingent upon the trade, let's say you can, you know, and this is just off the top of my head, let's say you can get six and 150. For Lindor, I would. I, that's when I start thinking. Okay, if they're willing to do that, then you can start talking about maybe like Nicola Dolo being included. I, to me, Hunter Green right now is untouchable because Agreed. even even if he fails as a pitcher, he would have been drafted as a shortstop in the first round too. If he mm-hmm. fails as a pitcher, you can always try him in the field, but. I mean, he's he's already back up to around 100 miles an hour. He threw 100 pitches. This is his first year post Tommy John at Presco Park. He's the only un- untouchable to me, especially when you're when we're talking about Lindor. Now, if you're talking about other players, nobody's untouchable if you're if you're getting a high quality player. But especially for one year of Lindor, no, you're not you're not throwing everything at it. But then you have some other players that you can look at, like Marcus Simeon from the A's is going to be a free agent. He had a little bit of a down year, but, you know, everybody had a down year, it seemed like, except for a handful of players. And then what if, you know, you want to trade for like a Xander Bogarts from the Red Sox? What would you give up for him, Branch? Um, He's got a couple years of control, I think. Yeah, Xander's got a couple years of control left in him. Um, I don't know. With, with where the Red Sox are, you don't necessarily have to look at major league talent at that point. Uh, you're kind of going into mm. going down the ladder quite a ways. That that one would probably cost you maybe Garcia. Um, and let's see, who's our – whoever are probably um, – mid-range 10 to 20 pitchers are just because they're young. Um, 
you might want be able to throw Santian or Santion in there. Mm-hmm. It would be it would have to be a pretty decent package for him because because he's cheap. Uh, and well. Bogarts 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 would be a, a, a he, he's cheap for the years he has. You know, Bogarts would be a good get, but you, and that would lock up shortstop for a while, which would be kind of nice. Um, I just looked up Bogarts. I didn't realize he signed this massive extension. How he big get, is the extension? It's like a seven year extension. He gets tw- he gets twenty million a year through twenty twenty six. Oh, I thought he was cheap. Oh gosh, no! And I take back everything. If he's twenty million a year, no, I don't give no a crap. Way. No, and a no, vest- they got to they they got to eat that puppy. And then a vesting option for twenty twenty seven. Maybe I was thinking Jackie Bradley. See, they I, they I, I invested in him, years. and they did invest in uh, what's his name, and and, and um and um what's his name? Gosh, him Mookie uh, Mookie uh, Betts. Nuki, yeah, yeah, they, and they fucked themselves. They I did not real. I mean, he had a good year, but now you remember that, yeah. yeah. But <laughs> if you're paying twenty million for a shortstop, it's probably going to have to be Lindor. Although, I mean, I mean, his numbers are not bad at all. Oh no, yeah. did did Didi Gregorius only say only sign a one year deal? Yeah, yeah, he did, and he turned down the Reds. And, uh, and Marcelo Reds. Marcelo Zuna turned down the corner John Fay three and fifty. To go to yeah. the Braves for one year in eighteen, yeah. Which can you imagine Ozuna on this team? My God, he had a Ozuna's awesome Ozuna's going to get paid. Yeah, he had an amazing. I, I doubt. Year. I doubt. I doubt Atlanta lets him leave. Oh, absolutely! I think Atlanta does everything they can to keep him because he just was on. He was just unbelievable this year in a yeah. good way. That might be their payroll, though. You know, they might not be afford anyone else. You know. They don't really need anybody else, though. They got a stacked farm system, and Freddie Freeman signed long term, and Acuna signed long term, and Albies is signed long term. If they go luxury, they're going after Bauer. Yeah. I think Acuna. I think Acuna might be injury prone. Not He's as, always kind of not as much as Senzel. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know. He's he's like the Tin Man. He's always fucking hurt. <laughs> Or I, scared. I saw I saw somebody call uh, Nick Senzel the Tyler Eifert of the Reds, and I was like, "Oh no, no, oh, that's that's rough. perfect. That's, that's rough. perfect, but that's so that's rough." Speaking mm. of Ozuna and his one year deal, see, I'm comfortable with the Simeon and the one year deal. So, Approve it, deal, Simeon. absolutely. Who, who's he playing uh, for right now? It year. The, the A's. for the Athletics. Yeah, and he was really good up until this year. Yeah. Let me check out his stats since we're talking about it. This year, yeah, it was kind of, eh. But last year, I mean, he had a 139 OPS plus last year. Yeah. 33 homers. And that translates to GAPP pretty good because yeah. the Coliseum sucks. Yeah, he was he uh, was a little down this year, obviously. He, he only had a 91 OPS plus in his, you know, 53 games, you know, so a lot. Yeah. But that's where where we were talking earlier, front offices are going to have a hard time doing deals this offseason for a multitude of reasons, let alone a lot of players had down seasons, but in only 50, 55, 60 games. So how and do you, you... And you think Nick... I don't think Nick Cassianos will walk will be able to walk away. If this was a 162-game season, I think Cassianos yeah. would have walked. No question about it. I think it's a toss up right now if he walks. Because is he after the season he I mean he had a decent season, you know, if you don't look at batting average, he had a decent season. Are you would somebody give him more than 16 million dollars next year? No. No. If he walks it's cuz he's unhappy. And you know, it's because it, cuz money-wise, you know, somebody might give him 16 million for another year. But but if he walks, it's because he's unhappy in the organization. Which if if that's the case, then yeah, maybe it's best for, them, for him to go. I don't want to see him go. I don't want to like see him go stagger. either. He had a yeah. one hundred two OPS plus, who so is basically replacement level. Yeah. For this year, fourteen homers. Obviously, I mean his on base percentage was only two ninety eight. Small sample size. I on- though. And I honestly think his every day is opening day thing and all that. I much like with Lindor, I think not having the fans in the stands really hurt Castellanos because mm-hmm. they feed off of that. Oh, you know? absolutely. And I, I mean, Lindor didn't say that's what it was, but when I don't know if y'all read the athletic article with him, he absolutely could not 
not stand not having the fans. He hated it. Absolutely hated it. Which might, you know, kind of give you some indication of his down year. You know? Not to, you know, not to get too personal, but I'd probably give my left nut for Francisco Lindor. I'm just hey, enamored. You know, much, you know how much it costs? A nut? At a time when I was in college, it cost, you could find the right donor. Ninety grand, ninety Nin- grand, ninety you grand get for ninety nut. up to ninety grand for a nut. You really? need to keep one. You need to keep one. <laughs> I've already had my kids. I'm fine. Can, can, can we get John Cruck? Can we get John Cruck on the podcast? You know how much? You know how much the replacement? How, how much would nut? you give for another you nut? Re- you can get a replacement nut for like five hundred bucks. They were like scan your other like your testicle, so you could have a replacement nut for five hundred bucks. Well, I could just get like some. Like, it's like a, it's like the same weight, everything. I like just get like some silly putty or something thing. to shape it up and just shove it in there. Just, just for some. <laughs> Nin- yeah. At a time, at a time, you can get ninety grand. I wonder what you could get nut. for a kidney. No, no, it was like you had to be like. I don't know. I don't know, man. On the black market. That's what I'm saying. Shit, man. <laughs> yeah, for those of y'all that don't know, John Cruck only has one ball. <laughs> That's, just, that, that's the reason they used to call him one nut crook. I always, I was, always, I was always under the impression that he got hit all the time playing first base all the time, and like it was just like I don't know why. I don't know why I was under that impression. Oh, oh, he only oh, had to worry John about crook, the one John, side. John, John crook only had one ball. Huh. Baseball facts. There you go. What other podcast are you going to get that information on? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I love Oak Your Shout out luck. to another hillbilly. <laughs> probably, the, probably one of the best baseball players to ever come out of West Virginia. <laughs> John Cruck, he's actually not bad as a commentator either. You don't uh, get to hear him much anymore because ESPN shit can most of their baseball <laughs> coverage. But he's he always he always was insightful when baseball tonight was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, speaking of the Padres, he was with the Padres for a while when uh, back when I was going to a lot of games, that was the Kim Caminetti, the, of course, Tony Gwynn was there still. And, um, who, Oh my God, I got to see Tony Gwynn live, like, you know, probably 70 games in my life. And how lucky is that? Cool. That's cool. Yeah. Dude was speaking of situational hitting. Oh, That's... trust me. First and third, nobody out. And Tony Gwynn would have come up. He'd have got somebody in. <laughs> Ain't no doubt in my mind. Yeah. He was, he was amazing. Uh, yeah. Amazing. I mean, even today with you know pitchers hitting triple digits, he his his skill set would have played. He would have oh, still God. hit three fifty in today's such game. Such a such a fucking stud. Yeah. <laughs> Rest in peace. Yeah. Fuck cancer, man. Rest in peace. Yeah. Fuck cancer. So hey, why don't we move on to some listener questions here? Absolutely. So earlier this week. I sent out the signal for some listener questions using the hashtag Reds offense is offensive. So <laughs> uh, let me see here. The first question comes from Ode to the Reds 2021 World Series. He asks hashtag Reds offense is offensive. What TV shows do you watch? I've been watching Blind Spot. I don't watch a lot of TV shows. I watch mainly sports when I'm watching TV um, or like reruns of something like the office because that's one of my favorite shows. And, but that's about it. I like, I don't watch it during the day, obviously when you're working and um, when I come home, well, it's, you it, don't watch TV when you're working. Well, usually I'm at an office, but, since I've been oh, home, well, well, yeah, yeah. Since you've been home, even like, I mean, like, you really? I mean, I watch the Reds, you know, suck, suck ass when they're noon first pitches, but most of the time, no, I keep the TV off. I'll like listen to like podcasts or something. Um, mm. Well, you know, interesting. I'll listen to my fellow Reds podcasters or my my other podcasts that I listen to, or I like the Scrubs rewatch podcast. That's probably one of my favorites right now. And then I have there's some like history podcasts I listen to, but. And there's that uh, that Office Ladies podcast. It's okay. They're kind of a oh, they're a little annoying, but uh, <laughs> it's like yeah. Uh, but yeah, like TV shows. No, I don't really. I'm a lot of the TV shows I used to watch. You know, are off the air, and there's a lot of stuff, 
a lot of stuff is now on Netflix and it's, I don't, I don't really, don't really feel like, you know, I don't binge watch. So I haven't really watched a lot of the stuff on my list, but branch TV shows. Uh, I don't really watch anything on TV. I, I do binge watch on streaming services or watch like, let's see right now I'm doing, uh, what is it called? Loveland country or whatever on HBO. Lovecraft. Lovecraft. Country. How is, is, that, that, is that any good? Is that pretty good? It, it's pretty, it's pretty good. I, it, you know, it's, it's a nice fantasy has some social issues in it. It's pretty good. Um, the last one I actually been watched, binge watched was Cursed on Netflix, which was fantastic. I absolutely loved that because it's um, it, it seems like it's going to be a chick flick thingy, but it's not. It's actually the story. It's it's a Camelot show about uh, the Lady in the Lake, and oh, okay. it's like it's like Arthur's and everybody coming together in the in the first season they had. And I'm a sucker for Camelot shit and all that, so. That's cool. Um, and you know, swords and fighting and all that. So yeah. I like that. And like uh probably it's other other junk like that. Like if you haven't watched Marco Polo on Netflix, watch it. It's worth it. It's awesome. Um The Last Kingdom is fantastic. You know, I think the last show that I actually watched all the way through on TV and I kind of made an appointment to watch was probably Vikings. Hmm. You know. Polly, your TV shows. Um The Boys. I like how they've been doing weekly like releases, just like Mandalorian on Disney Plus. I'll tell you one thing that I just watched on Netflix, and it's called uh, American Murderer: The Family Next Door. If you haven't watched that yet, it's a documentary. Watch it. It's only- is that the one in England? No, it's in Colorado. Oh, okay, I don't so I won't spoil it, but. Uh, uh, it's a documentary about this lady and her two kids that go missing. True story. Obviously all of the, like all of they have like, you know, all of the body cam footage from when the cops showed up, they have security footage, like all the text messages that this lady sent and phone calls. And it's just, I mean, it's sad obviously because you know, not to spoil it, but they, they died. And, um, but it's really good. So I'd recommend that. I just watched that the other night. It's only an hour and a half. See, that, that's my podcast thing is, is true crime. So, yeah, yeah I will definitely watch that one. Yeah, it's good. And if you have never watched Manhunter on, on uh, Netflix, that is top-notch shit. Yeah, I haven't watched it's that. It's great. Uh, you'll, if you like that, that true crime one, watch Manhunter. Mm-hmm. You'll like it. I'll like that. So it's looks, really good. I just saw um, there's one on the Challenger, like a four-part miniseries that I'm going to watch probably sometime a documentary series on the challenger. Anyway. Ooh, yeah. Kyle Kapler asks hashtag reds offense is offensive. The reds didn't hit any home runs, so they didn't score. Are you surprised? No, because we are, we kind of already went into that. Not surprised, <laughs> Kyle. Thanks, man. Thanks, Kyle. Thanks for the question though. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in, Kyle. Shout out to Kyle. Shout, shout out to Kyle. To, shout out to Ram yeah, at the Ram. Shout out to Burmy. Shout out to Burmy. Yeah, Burmy. I don't know why he didn't. He's he's never available. He's like busy now. Like he's got some good. He he's got some good um, numbers. He's about his good numbers. Yeah. Oh, well, just ask him. Facts. He'll be on. I'm sure. I don't know if he would be tonight because he was. He's probably healing. I think he had a bachelor party or something. Branch, you had the next question. Hashtag Reds offense is offensive. Where does Joey Votto play slash bat for you in 2021? <sighs> I think you got to look at DH and him at this point. I mean, he he was struggling some in the field this year, kicking yeah. balls and not coming up with some low throws that he normally would. I think you got to look into DH and him. I mean, I'd still bat him pretty high in the lineup because he gets on base, but yeah, I would look at keeping him out of the field. What do you all think? Brand. Here's the thing. Or no, Paul, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I'm, I'm Here's the thing. Yes, absolutely. I think the Reds signed him to a long-term deal for that purpose. I think they thought that was going to happen sooner than later with Joey Votto. Maybe like two years ago where he was only going to have to worry about batting 
but there's, you know, and now I think next year there'll be a full DH. I think, you know, he might prolong his career. Right. As Joey Votto. And as long as he's getting on base, I'd have him in the lineup. I don't care what his batting average is, as long as he's getting on base. Mm-hmm. Branch, what do you think? Well, that was a hard question to ask. And the reason I ask is because it's a hard question to answer. I, I think that they have to have a have a what could possibly be an uncomfortable talk with Joey. Yeah. And um, something I keep on thinking about this, like, okay, could we get by with Garcia? Because defensively he can play shortstop next year. Mm-hmm. If they primarily plan to, to, to DH Joey, move Mer- Moose to first, and go after a second baseman instead of going after a shortstop, which is a little easier to get a big swing and dick that second. You see what I what I would try to do is that if you if you get Vado to be on board with DH, I'd almost try Jesse Winker at first because that, that makes that makes sense. I mean, that makes sense. That, that actually totally makes sense. Yeah, because he's you know he's not the fastest guy, but. No, I mean, and he profiles. He profiles his first base, he, but he also strives on his defense. He, yeah, he was I like, mean, I really improved my defense this year. You know, it was like, well, he didn't play a lot. And well, <laughs> he he catches what he gets to, and when you're at first base, you don't have to get to a whole lot because a lot of times you're you know like if there's a runner on, you're playing right on the line. You're not going to get to a lot of balls that you know hit he into said, the second base hole. So. You're he mainly. You would just taller than Vado, right? Coop, I can't believe I ever thought of that because that does take care of a lot of issues. I'm I'm shuffling them around in my head right now. On Joey to DH, Winker at first base, that opens up your outfield. Open, yeah, it opens up a spot like. Yeah, because that that ends up keeping uh, Castiano, Senzel, and uh, Shogo in the outfield, which mm-hmm. is, I feel, the best. Other than Castiano, sometimes the best defensive outfield, right? Yeah, because Shogo and Senzel hold their own defensively just fine. Yeah, Aquino is better defensively, obviously, but and until he proves he can hit again, he's probably not going to start. I still think he might be a bench bat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Joshua had our next question. Joshua R nine four seven six. Shout to Joshua, old school red reporter. Hashtag he didn't use. Yeah, he did. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Hashtag Reds offense is offensive. Any free agents you have your eye on for 2021? We talked about Marcus Simeon. Is there anybody else that you can think of off the top of your head that you that you would think the Reds would go after? I can see them going for bullpen again. Um, I don't know who's a free agent, obviously. And they've got to improve the bench. It was atrocious for most of the year. Branch. Uh, I think they're going to try to do something with Bout. I don't think it'll work. Um, I think they're actually going to make an offer to Real Milto, but I think there's going to be 29 other, te- 29 other teams other than the Reds make an offer to him, too. I uh, forgot that he's a free agent, yeah. There's yeah. another There's another catcher free agent you guys have not mentioned, and he had a fucking... He's still playing the playoffs. And he, oh, wait, no, he, had, he isn't. But he's had a hell, he had a hell of a year. James McCann from the White Sox. How old is he? Twenty-seven. Is he only twenty-seven? Twenty-eight. Twenty-eight. I'm, I'm, really I'm sure. probably thinking of Brian. I McCann. looked. I looked at the free agents earlier today, and I can't remember what McCann was, but I can't remember what the age was. Yeah, I was thinking of Brian McCann. I'm like, no, he's really old, but no, he's a uh, James McCann is thirty. Okay. So he'd For be backup, age I mean, thirty-one like, next year. Jeez. I mean, he's. I mean, he's not he's bad. Done, what he's done this year made himself look good for a signing. I'm going to be honest with you. But would he be better than Stevenson for an entire year? Um, that's when you bring up Stevenson. You say, "Hey, buddy, you're going to be the future. We need to see you more, more major league at bats." Obviously, so would- yes. The, the he has Stevenson. He has a small sample size of being good, but it's not proven. Though he didn't have enough there yeah. at all. Yeah. As a backup, I think he'd be great. Then he can learn the pitching. He'd learn everyday stuff, and then you know, it's it's just with 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 Jamie McCann. It's a, it's a spring training. 
from there, you know, learning yeah. pitching or you sign pitchers or you sign real Muto and Stevenson becomes something for a trade. Yeah. Know. If you sign real Muto, you let Stevenson go. Yeah. You, 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 he's, he, he gets traded for something. Yeah. That's not going to happen. That's, <laughs> if that's the case, if that's the case, and I'm down for it. Ramuto was an interest in the Reds. It just didn't happen. It was, it was, it was the, the D was there, right? Am I wrong, guys? No, no. no. He, decided, he, he decided he didn't want to play for him. Yeah. Right. I mean, that was him for some odd reason. You know, like. Well, because they traded him once already. <laughs> yeah. Didn't they trade him when he was a. In yeah, DD DD was in the uh, which trade was he in? Are we talking DD right here? No, I'm talking I'm talking Ramilto. Did was he in the red system at one time? No, he wasn't. I thought you were oh, talking no, about DD. No, he wasn't. Sorry. No, oh, no, DD was. DD yeah. definitely was. Yeah. You know, it's just you know he, but Ramuto was really close to signing last year with the Reds. It was, well, a, it was well, almost that, a that trade with a trade. Yeah. Well, it. I mean, the Marlins asked asked for more than. India and that was reported that India was the main piece and they went mm-hmm. with Sixto Sanchez, which turned out probably to be a better idea. He's yeah. gonna be a freaking stud. Mm-hmm. So got a question from Steve. He asks, Why do the Reds suck every year? Steve, why does your mom suck every night? Uh next question <laughs> Is that Steve from Hawaii? <laughs> no. So, I'm just kidding, yeah. Steve. Shout out to shout out to Steve Phillips who asked that question. Um, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sorry. <laughs> Bur- Burmy had a question uh, at Big Red Tweeter asked hashtag Reds offensive offensive. What would you trade for a decent shortstop? We kind of already talked about that, but uh, dep- you are you are down one nut already. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would I would trade the left testicle for Francisco Lindor, and probably I mean I wonder how many testicles we could combine. To make that offer, could we get to Mount Oysters? Average, average fifty grand. You think average we, of fifty grand a nut? I mean, like then let's do some math. Do you think we could get ten thousand testicles to trade Cleveland for Francisco <laughs> in Cincinnati? Fuck yeah! For a World Series championship that will last another twenty five years, thirty years. Yes. I mean, I mean, they would be lined up around the block to give it up. I mean, I don't plan on having any more children. Uh, I'm good. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I am always a back and forth Bengals fan, but every year I would rather have a World Series championship than a Super Bowl. Oh championship. yeah, I'm down with that. Dude, when okay. the Reds are winning, everybody's in a better mood. Twitter's yep. tone even t- changes. Yep. I mean, it's, it's just, just better. You know, yeah. when the Bengals win, it's only. It could be only 16 Mondays of the year. Every time the Reds win, it's 165 days out of the year, if you think about that. There's so, a 10-game winning streak. The city just lights up. Oh, yeah. I'm with you on It there. just does, you know. So Mark Sutton asks about shortstop again. Um, he asked about maybe the one-year prove-it deal for a veteran, which we kind of talked about with Marcus Simeon. But then he has... His trade scenario, which is Garcia, Santion, and Tyler Callahan for Trevor Story. I don't think that's enough for Trevor Story. Trevor Story is a stud. It's going to take more than that for the Rockies to move him. What have the Rockies done in the last five years to, to do to really even say anything? Do to like? I mean, they have. The same players they've had since the Reds have been in the the Reds have really made a playoff push. Well, they signed in, in Nolan Arenado to that massive deal, <coughs> and um, Story has one more year at eighteen and a half million on his contract, and then he's a free agent. So you're getting him for one year. I mean. I think even at one year, that's not enough because he he might be the best shortstop in the game right now, Trevor Story. When he when he came in the league, he was for for yeah six months, you know, almost a year. But I mean, I, oh man, I, I like, would love I would love Trevor Story. But Mark, yeah, I like the idea but, of Trevor Story in GABP, obviously. <laughs> yeah, we all love the idea of 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 um, what's his name. Oh gosh, he used to play for Reds. 
got hurt a lot too. What? Um, what's his name? Who got hurt a lot? Oh, uh, he went to the angels. Um, geez, Zach Cozart. Yeah. He's out of yeah. the league already. He, he, he's a league. No, Trevor story, but he has been hurt a lot though. Trevor story has been hurt. That's true. He, you know, I feel like he's another, another, just like that. Another one, him, but, uh, Another, another one. one. Another one. Another one. Um, let's see. Trevor Story. I mean, he only missed one game this year. But uh, <laughs> 60, 60 games. <laughs> he, he, in 2019, he played 145. So he, I guess he missed a little bit of time. But 157 in 2018. So maybe he hasn't been as hurt as we thought. Maybe he just had a bunch of nagging injuries that kind of added up. But. Oh, man, he he's a stud. While you're in there, I've not really said much on it. Look at his home and away splits. Oh, on story? Yeah. They're bad. They're bad. Well, let's let's take a look here. It's uh, really bad. <laughs> um what the heck? Yeah, Sorry's not really to say too much about it. <laughs> That's um, why I wasn't upset with like seeing Kemp do well this year. I was like, fuck Matt. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're smoking weed and hitting the ball. <laughs> what? Oh, I'm in the wrong spot. That's why. Nah. Uh, let's look at let's look at his crisp splits here. Um, uh, this is great radio. Yep. Uh, home and away. Um, yeah, yeah. So in his career at <laughs> home, 304 games, he's got. An OPS of 994, which that'll play. On base percentage mm-hmm. of 370. Batting average 304. On the road, 299 games played, so roughly equal. OPS of 760. <coughs> on base of 315 and a batting average of 250. Mm-hmm. Now, <coughs> yeah, see, that's what bothers me about story. <laughs> the only saving grace. <laughs> Them home road splits are they're well, they're real. <laughs> you all still there? Kind of had a like some interference or something nope. there for a little bit. Nope. I'm might here. Might have dropped for a second, but anyway, it was just for a second. So that's all of our questions. I think that's going to about wrap up this edition of the podcast. We'll go around here, have everybody give their final thoughts. So let's start with you, Branch. Give us your final thoughts. Uh, it's going to be a pretty cool off season because we ain't going to know what the fuck's going to happen. <laughs> no clue. <laughs> so I. I mean, I'm like, what do I know is going to happen? Um, they're not going to play baseball. That's the only thing I'm I'm sure of. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's it. Uh, Polly, your final thoughts. Here's the thing. There's no uh, Reds Fest this year, so there's no surprises with for Reds Fest. So we can't like be like, oh, well, no speculation for that. But, you know, historically, the last few years, the Reds have have done some weird things, so more fucking power to them. We'll see it. Put your mouth name where your mouth is, assholes. Uh, <laughs> first of all, I want to give a shout out to Kelly in the City Sports Gallery for sponsoring the podcast. Go see Kelly for all of your uh, Matt Latos glove needs. I saw that on their website earlier. Selling a Matt Latos game used glove. Go get that. You know, you want it. <laughs> uh, shout out to ACDC, who are ancient in their 70s, and they're putting out a new album. It's coming oh, yeah. out. They're going to release their first single. I think it's Wednesday at midnight on the East Coast. I think that's like 3 p.m. Saturday in Australia, or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's <laughs> so beats, man. Do some fucking math, man. <laughs> shout out to Jesse. I think- I think my tendonitis is just now. I went away from when I saw him live when I was 16 years old. For <laughs> <laughs> those about the rock happened. That was like so. 50 years old. Years ago, right? <laughs> yeah, it was a long time. <laughs> I think it was the Thunderstruck tour. I mean, yeah, it was uh, a Thunderstruck tour. A lot of them are dead. A lot of them are dead now, but <laughs> the, they brought back some of the. Like they brought back Phil Red, who was the original drummer. They brought back one of the uh, one of their bassists. They brought back Brian Johnson, who took over when um, when um, Bon Scott died, and Malcolm Young obviously died, but Angus is still there. 
happened. And, and, and Angus is that entire show. Angus is ACDC. Oh, he is ACDC. Easily. I've seen him jump off backwards on off of a 15-foot amp. Well, it looked like a 15-foot amp from where we were at. <laughs> if he and doesn't wear that on his shirt. back, and he did not quit. He did not miss a note or nothing. It was <laughs> insane. He's like 70. It, and just rock. If he doesn't wear their shorts, then I don't want to fucking see. Oh, this he's show. wearing the shorts. He's wearing the shorts. He's wearing the hat. It's, uh, it's he's Angus. That's Angus. The whole the whole show too. You know, like yeah. he's like, fuck it. I'm I'm better than Keith Richards. You know, yeah. basically at this time. Oh, like, absolutely. He's like you know, like he's like. So I've I'm, seen him like three times, and every time cracks me up because Brian Johnson's up there like. Talking and you can't understand a fucking word he's saying because <laughs> Angus is still up there shredding the guitar, just whatever the hell he wants. And they're just Angus. So they look at him and just be like, "Okay, Shut I guess we're playing up. that now." Let's go. Polly, I'll say it. Angus Young is definitely better than Keith Richards. Mm. God, yes. <laughs> I'll say that without hesitation. He is a true rock god. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. So, for Polly and Branch, this is Coop saying we will talk to you later. Cincinnati, Ohio